Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the Pursuit of Manliness. And men, thank you for checking out this podcast. Today, we're going to talk about three words that are the foundational anchor to everything that happens with Pursuit of Manliness. Follow, work, and invest. These three words have been the anchor since some of the earliest days of the pursuit of manliness. When I began writing this blog and thinking about what I wanted to become, I knew I needed some kind of foundational anchor, some stake in the ground that kept me tethered uh, to the kind of content. I want to create content uh, that reaches all different platforms. I want to talk about things from um, things that guys like. We've talked about coffee and throwing footballs and um Samurai swords. We've talked about different men in the Bible. We've looked at um, skills. Uh, so we do a lot of different things to try to equip men to be uh, biblical men, to, to be real men. And so, uh, but the nice thing about pursuit of manliness is anything's on the table. We've talked about sports. We've talked about books um, because I believe a Christian man likes anything that any other guy likes. And so we can certainly talk about that. But without an anchor, without those three words, it's easy to get lost. It'd be easy to become you know, a motivational site or a self-help site or um, anything other than that. So these three words are what keep me anchored with when I think about content, when I think about the podcast, when I think about things I'm writing and creating. Um, these three words help funnel me that direction. And with the growth of the Pursuit of Manliness, it's been incredible uh, to see what's happened in the closed group, to see what's happened on uh, Twitter and Instagram, the messages I get, the guys that I've been able to come in contact with, um, by the grace of God, uh, the things that have happened with Tribe, the first session, and just now uh, we have just a couple days left for this next session before the registration closes. Uh, These three words are critical uh, to everything that happens with the pursuit of manliness and to make sure that it stays focused, that it stays on track to help men uh, become Christ followers who take care of what's been entrusted to them and that we make disciples. We want to do that as well. So uh, guys, that's what we're going to talk about today, those three words, and I look forward to getting to that now. So let's let's kill the music. Alright man, it's time to get into this podcast. As I said, there are three words that we focus on, that I focus on, that I kind of go back to when it comes to the pursuit of manliness. And I want to walk through all three of those words. If you're new to the podcast, if you're new to the pursuit of manliness, these are the three anchors. These are the things, um, again, that kind of keep me tethered to the, the content. Anything's on the table. We can literally talk about anything. We've talked about some uh, pretty pretty good stuff, pretty incredible stuff, and there's definitely more stuff coming, but this is the anchor. This keeps me focused. And so the first word is follow. Simply put, we are to follow Jesus. Um, As we follow Jesus, we begin to get a more accurate picture of who he is. I believe that's one of our biggest shortcomings in the Christian church. We do not give people an accurate picture of who Jesus is, whether that's from the pulpit uh, whether that's uh, small group communities, I think we talk about him, we uh, revere him on some level. I think a lot of believers believe that he is uh, alive, that he is really our Savior, but I don't think they see him as uh, maybe as Revelation describes him. And so it's kind of this 
as we've labeled it, a flannel graph Jesus type mentality that he's pastel, got really nice hair, has a sheep around his neck, and is sitting with children around his feet. And um, that's that's not who he is, and that's certainly not who he was. And so uh, we want to get a more accurate picture of who he is, and that's kind of that drives some of the content that drives the things that we talk about it it moves us it motivates us to do uh, what Jesus has called us to do um, listen to, to miss the point on on Jesus can change your eternity first and foremost but it's critical it's critical to the time that we do have here on earth if you think about the disciples Judas didn't like what he was seeing and he certainly missed the point and it cost him his life. Peter tried to make Jesus something that he wasn't. Even the rest of the disciples were hiding after the resurrection as Jesus revealed himself to them. Even post-resurrection, the realization of the fact that he was the Messiah literally changed their lives. And so that's the question we have to ask ourselves. If Jesus is the Messiah, how has it changed my life? Um, Who are you following, right? And, And I think... We, you know, we kind of make this joke with like junior high and high school kids, even elementary kids. They can have a thing called CIY high, like Christ in youth or uh, church camp high. You go to these things for a week or, um, you know, three days or you go to a conference and you're on this really supernatural high and the rest of the world isn't. And then suddenly you begin to fall off that high because you go back to reality. It, it always happens. And, you know, we can do the exact same thing. Uh, the Pursuit of Manliness is not the only website, as you probably already know, that's trying to help men be godly men. There's a lot of great sites out there, and there's some really good men doing some incredible work. Uh, we have So we have online stuff that's readily accessible. Uh, we have Bible studies. There's a lot of good things out there, but first and foremost, we want to make sure we're followers of Jesus. I hope the pursuit of manliness, I hope a lot of those other sites and apps and uh, community groups and things, I hope they're really equipping and challenging to you, but just make sure you're being one to Jesus and not to that community and not to, um, even with the pursuit of manliness, we have the tribe community. Um, I don't want to win you to tribe. I want to win you to Jesus. Now you might get in tribe and learn more about Jesus and that would be awesome. But at the end of the day, I want you excited about Jesus more than I want you excited about about tribe. Um, Jesus made it really clear for us in John 14, 6, that he's the way, the truth, and the life, right? And so anything else just gets in the way of us following Christ. And none of those things, while they may be good, while I hope the pursuit of manliness is good for you to grow as a man of God, uh, it will never satisfy you like Jesus. It just, it simply won't. Um, Things come and go all the time. As technology changes, the world changes, stuff is constantly coming and going. Christ, that will never change. Uh, the reality is the world it doesn't understand this. You know, Some people who sit in our churches don't understand this. It's a daily, relentless pursuit of following Jesus. He, he said that, that if you're going to follow him, you have to take up your cross every day. This is not a one-time decision, check a box, come forward, raise your hand, great, did that. Um, The truth is Jesus wants more for you and more from you than you can possibly comprehend. And when I say from you, that's that's one of the hangups because people think, well, he's gonna he's gonna mess with my schedule, he's gonna mess with my friends, he's gonna mess with my hobbies, he's going to, yep. He is, but he's going to give you so much more than, than you can understand. And, and that's really tough, especially if you're listening to this and you don't know Jesus. That's not going to make any sense to you. And I understand that. And, and 
truthfully, I, I've been there as well, and that, that breaks my heart because I can't talk you into that. Until you, uh, as the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, until you experience Him, there, it's just impossible. It'd be as if you were trying to describe to me uh, an incredible movie or restaurant or something that you say, man, you, you must try this. You have to get there, the, the experience. The it, it, There's no way it can possibly make sense unless I go and, and, and do it, right? It would make no sense. And, and Christ is certainly that same way. He will change you. He does transform you and make you more like himself every day until he calls you home and, and not a day sooner. Uh, he's never done working on you, this regeneration process, this sanctification process, making you more like Jesus. It, it doesn't end until the day that, that he calls you home. And so how do we do this? How do we follow Jesus? This is the first and foremost, most important thing we do with the pursuit of manliness is we must learn to follow Jesus. Well, here's how we're going to do it. Number one, uh, we want to get in the Bible. You know, I met someone at church recently, and they said that they don't believe in God. They have a conversation with God, but they don't necessarily know they trust and believe. Great. Be, I mean, not great that they don't believe in God, but be great and be honest at where you're at. Let's, I'm, this is where I'm at spiritually. Great. Let's move on from there. Uh, don't, don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to others. Let's figure out where you're at. So you want to get in the Bible. Uh, we want you to learn how to pray. Talk to God every day. Um, have dialogue with Him. There's nothing you can't share with them, so we want to learn to stretch ourselves and, and work on our prayer life. We want to learn to worship, and that's not just on the weekend for you know, 25, 35 minutes. We're talking about your life is a life of worship. We want you to get connected to a church. Don't just go to the church. Get connected there. Stay there. Invest in it. Man, get around other believers. There's so much value, there's so much power when you surround yourself with other believers. And I understand some of you might go to churches where you're you know, the youngest one in the building. or I, That's tough. I, I, I get that. But get around other believers the, the best you can. All this is going to help your life in Christ. That, that's, that's not what it, you know, those are all helping you move that right direction. There's also another major importance to making sure you're following Jesus. As you follow Jesus and do all the things above that we just talked about, okay, all the things I just talked about just a second ago, um, this will also begin to shape your biblical worldview. Okay, so the way you see things it will be filtered through your biblical worldview. What, in contrast to the Bible, in, in light of the Bible, looking through that magnifying glass that is the Bible, um, how should I respond to this? How should I react to this? And I think, um, you know, we try to manipulate this sometimes in politics. You know, everyone's a Christian, right? Every every person that's a president's been a Christian. Every person has good morals, has good, but do they know Jesus, right? That, that's the key. Do, do they know Jesus? So it helps you understand your biblical worldview, um, and and this is this is huge. When you get a biblical worldview and an accurate understanding of the world around you through the lens of the Bible, you will see how things affect the kingdom of heaven, how sin does destroy you and future generations. Uh, you're going to see um, why and how we take a stand on truth. You know, so for some of you, this might not even be anything that's on your radar. You're like, that, that's not my problem, right? That's more of a pastoral problem, or that's more of a missionary problem. No, this is a Christian thing. We have to do this. Uh, you'll also be able to learn to defend truth. Can you defend what you believe? If someone were to challenge your beliefs, could you defend it? We call this um, apologetics, a defense of your faith. You'll be able to defend your faith because it is, it is your faith. Not just based off what you hear on a sermon, but it's your faith and you are putting in the work. So first things first that we must do with pursuit of manliness, what we must do as a man of God is we must 
follow. We must learn to follow Jesus. The second key word is work. Uh, We get this from Genesis where God put Adam in the garden to work it and keep it. So uh, God had created all these things and doing incredible stuff in Genesis 1 and 2, but God takes Adam and he actually places him in the garden to work it and to keep it. Um, This one should become easier because of the first one. When you are a Christ follower, when you're following Jesus, you will begin to see your work differently. Work is good. It's not bad. Remember, when God placed Adam in the garden to work it and to keep it, this was before sin entered the world. Now, once sin entered the world, God did say, your work is going to be tougher, you know, painful toil. Um, For some of you feel like that you have painful toil right now. Um, There should be nobody working at any environment that's a better worker than a Christian man. They should ask you, where can we get more Christian men. I, I've met so many Christian men through the years who just endure their work. It's just, they, they only do it because they have to. If the boss told them I'd pay you to stay home, they'd go, yep. And of course, we'd all love to do that, right? But find value in your work that you that you take pride in it. Uh, keeping it and taking care of the things and people that God has placed in our lives is, is a command from God. So we want to work it and to keep it. That Working and keeping is not just employment, but it's also with family. It's also with critical relationships like your wife and your children. I work at my marriage. I work at being a parent. Um, and to keep it. That means I value it. I take care of it. I'm not trying to give it away. I don't want, I don't have to apologize for having something that's already mine. Uh, we, we live in a, an era where you almost seem like you have to apologize if you've been married longer than, you know, five years, or if you're, you know, trying to work and pay your bills, like, oh, well, look how easy, you know, I'm not going to apologize for us trying to pay bills or trying to raise our kids right or try I'm not, not going to apologize for that. So working and keeping all that stuff is good. Again, we should be a, a good hard worker. We should also be good at working at our marriage and our children. Um, just yesterday uh, was, was an incredible Sunday where I serve and uh, love the church, love the people there. I love what God's doing there. I can't wait to see what God's going to do because we feel God moving already. And so uh, really unique week. We had a Monday night meeting with a really good man in the area who met with um, myself, another pastor, and, and our elders. And then on Sunday, uh, we had a great Sunday. Great attendance. Great. The worship was incredible. Uh, response was cr- incredible for people. Just a really, really good day. Um, we're also balancing several soccer games as a family, and that's been kind of crazy because of the weather. And then Sunday at 3, uh, we had um, an elders meeting, and we did it a little bit different, and there were some different leadership components to it. And it was a long day. You know, I, I didn't head home till probably 8 o'clock, so you're looking at, you know, 12-hour day. I know some of you guys work more than that and stuff, but just mentally, emotionally, um, it just felt like I gave everything I could give on that day. Um, the thought processes, the things that were going into what we did, the things that went into the elders meeting, uh, I couldn't wait to preach that sermon. You know, sometimes that happens where you're waiting like two or three weeks to do it. And so at the end of the day, I'm sitting there at night, and it's probably... 10:30 at night and I'm and, you know I probably should have went to bed but 10:30 at night and I thought to myself I I don't know if I could have gave any more today. I, I felt like I gave every bit of me, every part of me and um I knew I would sleep good that night. And I thought to myself I need more days like that. 
I need to leave it all on the field. And, and I want more days like that. Work, just having work in and of itself should not exhaust you. Some people are just way too exhausted by work and by people and stuff. And you need a heart check on that one. So um, again, but giving yourself fully, like you go, I gave every ounce of myself today. I, I didn't I didn't waste time. I didn't neglect things. I, I went all in. Um I mean, you should get tired because because you left it all there. Not tired because you have to go to work, you know. And again, give your absolute best. Work gives value to you, and it gives you a purpose. And again, it allows you to do something that is productive. It also um, it's also good to work on things, you know, if it is a hobby or, or whatever you're working on, right? So you're stretched. Like get out of your comfort zone. It's one of the keys to working and keeping it that you get out of your comfort zone. That you learn uh, new skills. Um, you know, I was thinking this recently. We think of at, in 2018, we think of Bible, church, prayer, and stuff like that. We call them what? Disciplines, right? Like, oh, I'm trying to learn the discipline of worship or prayer. Or I don't journal well. You realize it was just a couple generations ago that those men saw that as a necessity of their life. You know, to say like, oh, it's a discipline for me to read my Bible. Like, if you would have told them that, you would have had like three or four of them show up at your door one day and go, okay, let's figure this thing out, right? And so we see, we, we've misplaced our things. We've made spiritual things a discipline and disciplines in our life have become the essentials. And that's where work becomes burdensome because we've misplaced things. We put them in the wrong order. Work and keep helps shape the way that we see being responsible and working towards something. It also increases the value because you know what it takes to keep it. You know the importance of it. Work and keep involves our marriages, our parenting, uh, any other immediate significant relationships like discipling, mentoring, and, and certainly investing in others. All right, and the last one is this, uh, invest. So we do uh, follow, work, and invest. So invest is this. This is you investing in someone else. I'm not talking about a financial investment, um, but you make an investment into someone else. We've said it before that you fill your thermos up so you can empty it into someone else's, right? Like that you can share what you've learned and you've gleaned. And um, at some point, you don't or you shouldn't want to sit and just be fed, 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 fed. At some point, you feed other people. Um, that might be in a small group environment. That might be a you know a Friday morning at McDonald's type environment. But that you're feeding other people. We don't want to become spiritually constipated. We want to give more than we take. We should look for some people who need to be discipled. And I would say this for a lot of guys, most guys for that matter, have not been discipled. And so that you might need to ask someone, ask an elder in your church, um, ask a pastor, like, hey, would you disciple me? Um, and certainly pray about it. But if you have been discipled or you've been in some kind of relationship with guys or a guy that was very intentional, then you have the skills to do that for someone else. And look for those people, okay? Um, listen, the idea of investing in people is cyclical. You pour into them with the vision that they're going to also eventually pour into somebody else and then you get to do the exact same thing again and you just keep picking up you know, more snow every time this ball goes around. And so the idea is you pour into someone and tell them that in the beginning so that they're going to invest in someone else. I remember you know, someone tell me that when I started a you know, mentoring relationship with them that I was going to do that for someone and I thought, I can't think of anybody. You know, and then I just quit thinking. And so we really need to stretch ourselves and say, okay, who is that? Uh, it de- this does not have to be hard. This doesn't have to be hard, but it does need to be very intentional and, because it's easy to move away from this. Both sides will have to want to be a part of something like this. Or if, if they don't, 
if you're the discipler, you're going to feel like you're pulling them from behind, okay? And I've been in situations like this. I feel like I'm stalking you on your phone. I feel like you're avoiding me now. I feel like our relationship is weird. I feel like, you know, now you're going to a different church or you don't, you know, you're not engaged online like you used to be. Um, it's because maybe they've walked away from this. So they really have to be committed. I, I don't think it's wrong to have some kind of covenant. You sign in the beginning, hey, we're both committing to doing this, uh, agreeing on the amount of time, agreeing on the length of time. Um, the other thing is this, if, if someone's trying to disciple you and you didn't want it, I've seen people try to do that, force themselves on people. Like I want to disciple that person. They have to want it too. And so if that's happening to you, you're going to feel like they're stalking you. You're going to start changing your number. You want to move away from them, right? So um, what you want to do is you want to you know communicate that. Like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. It's not what I'm looking for. So if you're going to disciple someone, invest in them, mentor them, uh, both sides have to agree on um, that it's going to happen how often it's going to happen, and then the length of how long it happens. This is, is this a year? Is this two years? Um, is this you know six months? Whatever that looks like. And so, again, we look at the Great Commission. Jesus told us that, that we are to make disciples of all nations. And I think too often, we, that's a lofty idea, and it looks good on the wall of our churches. But um, if you can't make disciples just starting in your own driveway um, and then move into your workplace, forget all nations. You know, forget Uganda. You can't get it to your driveway. Forget you know Belize or anywhere else because it's just not happening. And so we want to, we must do this, guys. This is not an option. This idea of making disciples is not an option. That was a, a great commission command. So we we must learn how to do it. Again, ask your elders. Um, would you resource me up? Would you give me some tools? I feel like this is something I should do. I feel like God is leading me this way. Would you help me learn to do this? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of resources online. But there's power when the the men who are leading your church, who are shepherding you, um, are also equipping you to do something like this. And so it really is for all of us to do this. We don't um, get to have an excuse. Uh, we just need to start. And if you're not doing it right now, pray that God, let me start it really, really quickly. Let me start doing this because we're losing time. And that person that's on your heart, there's no guarantee that you're going to get six more weeks with them. There's no guarantee that you get uh, five more years. There's no that, There's no guarantee of that. So we must learn to start now. So guys, that's the heart of it. Follow, work, and invest. Uh, those, those are the three, again, anchors, the, the tethers that, that keep me grounded in what we're doing. That um, If I post a quote, if I uh, tweet something, if I, it, it has to be lined up with that idea that we, sh- we want to be men who follow Jesus, that we work and keep what has been entrusted to us, and that we learn to invest in other men. When we do that, and that's very powerful. When we do that, our life is not about us. Our life is really not about us. All three of those things are for other people. Following Jesus um, is to learn to follow Jesus. It becomes about Jesus. It's more about Jesus than it is us. When we work and keep, it's about those who've been entrusted to us. It's about doing that for them. And again, the investing is about pouring into someone else. As you pour into someone else, their wife and children will be better and blessed because of it. And as you both do that eventually, uh, then more people will be blessed because of it. And guys, that that's a powerful thing. That's something that I want to be a part of. And that's something that I believe God blesses those things. And I believe God tells incredible stories through situations like that. And that's that's what's the cool things that are happening with Pursuit of Manliness. So guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, if you found it on iTunes, I would love for you to just take the time, if you would, for just a bit. Leave a review. A five-star review would be great. Thank you to the guys that have already done that. Man, I cannot thank you enough for taking time to do that. Um, if you 
this podcast and videos and stuff, sometimes or a lot of times on YouTube. If you're on there, man, I'd love for you to click subscribe. Uh, the more subscribers, the better. When you like, comment, share, that stuff is good. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Pursue Manliness. Um, you can follow me on my own personal pages. There's more stuff on there as well. It's um, at Jarrett Samuels. And then, um, of course, our closed Facebook group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pursuit of manliness. So, guys, thank you for listening, and let's keep pursuing manliness. Joe.